Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, I think is standing by on the Meyer guest line. How you doing, my friend? Well, actually, I'm sitting by, but yeah, I'm right here. I have a question before we get going here. Is it Northwestern? Have they never been never made the NCAA tournament? Is that is that accurate? No, no. I thought they made it. Remember the one year when they had uh, the little guy who was the coach's son. I don't think it was Colin's son. I don't think maybe it was yeah. assistant coach's son. Where they showed him in the stands, right? They were in the tournament before. I think they made okay. it, or unless that was the Big Ten tournament. Maybe that was the Big Ten tournament. I don't know. I know they beat Purdue, and I'm trying to figure out the Big Ten right now. You know, Indiana scored four sure. points in the last five-plus minute minutes. Michigan didn't score any. Uh, is the Big Ten overrated? I don't know. In hoops. Well, see, yeah, who knows? But I just, I've always heard that. I never, you know, I never quite understood how a school like Northwestern could just not make the tournament at least once. It was it really that is a good that, that, I I thought they they made it. I really did and there was that story of the kid cheering them on. I don't think that was the Big 10 tournament but I may be wrong. And, and by the way, the breakdown of Northwestern basketball is coming up tonight on the Northwestern Basketball Podcast with Mike O'Hara and Bill Simons. <laughs> Can I go now? <laughs> no, you're good. Who, who wants to talk about the Super Bowl? We got Northwestern basketball, Michael. Who wants to talk about that great game? All right, so you're you're the official, Mike. Uh, put yourself yeah. in their position last night with what was on the line, obviously, the Lombardi Trophy. Do you throw that flag? I throw it. If I think it's holding, I throw it. If I think it's obvious holding, I throw it. And I saw the replays I saw, which are no different than what anybody else saw. It looked like holding to me. Was it the most egregious I've ever seen? No. But it doesn't have to be. It really doesn't. But I thought, now look, if he hadn't called it, that would have been okay, too. But he called what he saw. And you know, I've, I've you know, really come to believe in this more and more as we go along. This includes like the NBA and, and the NFL and baseball, stick to the rules. Call the rules. That's all. You know, if you take three steps, it's traveling. Just call the rules. Don't don't let the referees decide what they want to call, what they don't want to call. You know, the strike zone, all that other stuff in baseball. Just call the rules. And I think that's what the official did on this one. Well, and one thing I, I will say, and they've done that expedited review, and when you get to the final two right. minutes... So and they do they have changed different rules for the playoffs, which over time will match what the playoffs were uh, or, or or did this year in the regular season. That so they've done they've made adjustments, but at least in the playoffs in the final two minutes, have a sky judge, the review people upstairs that would tell the crew whether that was a penalty or not. I, I really with, with so much on the line, uh, there's nothing wrong with doing that. There isn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with with that either. One thing I would I would change. I was talking to a friend of mine down here, Kenny Brown. You know, works on the Mitch Album show. We're talking this morning about the one thing I one rule that I would change in the last two minutes in the playoffs in the postseason alone. I would uh, cut it down to thirty seconds uh, between between plays, not forty. You might get just you know the you just in other words you can't sit on the ball quite as long to run out the clock. And I would I would like to cut it to thirty seconds instead of forty seconds between plays. Now I don't think that's ever going to happen, but that's just that's something I would do if I could. Yeah, I, I think there is the skybox for the playoffs. I, I have no, yeah. I don't think anybody anybody would complain that uh, even penalties uh, will be yeah, that quick review. Not everyone, okay? There's obvious right. you know false starts or or you know, but roughing the passer that could be close interference. 
a hold that's called that maybe the official saw it, but maybe it wasn't. I, I No problem with the sky judge. NFL smart enough to do it because the lingering storyline in this game isn't how great Mahomes and Hurts were last night. It really is about that call. So the NFL is in the branding business. You saw or saw Roger Goodell there. And I, I, all sure. I could think of yesterday when we were hosting the Super Sunday here at the Tellymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, Michael, I kept saying, what if the Lions are there representing the NFC a year from now? What if, and you're looking at some of the early odds uh, to win it, and the Lions are in the upper half of the NFL yeah, from what I hear, I haven't seen it with my own two eyes yet, but I, I, from what I understand, they're in, they're in the top ten. So what, I think they're 25 to 1 or... Wow. Or, or, or 250 to 1, depending on how they're... You know, how they're Whatever, top ten. Well, because it's not crazy, there. Mike. Oh, it's not oh. crazy to think that the Lions were a top ten team when the season ended in the NFL. There's a okay. debate that they they were... Look, they've got an accurate quarterback who now fits that team. He's, we've, dis- we've discovered that, you know, in last season. Jared Goff fits that team. That team fits him. He fits that offense. That offense fits him. That's 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 part of what you want. I think they've got an improving defense with so young players coming up who should, you know, barring you know the unforeseen injuries and whatever whatever happens, should be better players this year than they were year ago, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson and others. You know, should be even better than they were last year when they set some sort of record, the most sacks by a, by a group of rookies on one team in the history of the National Football League in one year. So, yeah, I think, and, and they've also got the assets to improve via the draft uh, with, you know, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick. And they also have what everybody wants is salary cap money, you know, money under the salary cap but to sign veterans. So, it's, it's, they have the assets in terms of the players they have right now that they're developing, and they have the money to go out and get free agents to a degree. And they can't spend all your money, but to a degree. And also, they have what I think is really vital to any team, and that's a good offensive line. And they have one of the better ones right now, which I think they might fine tune it a little bit for twenty uh, for the upcoming season, twenty twenty three. It might be even better than it was last year, especially considering. That Frank Ragnow played the last what eleven games or whatever it was with a bad toe, and he is—he's not the best, you know, center in the National Football League. He's in the top three. Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, NFL Lions Insider, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism. I think it's warranted. I think you know you get to year three for Holmes and Campbell. It's expected. Uh, the culture, like we talked about, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, Mike, uh, that uh, it's as good ownership, front office, coaching, players as I've ever seen in Detroit. Now let's see uh, what this next, you know, in a three to five year window uh, will be like. I, I did get an update from Tim Knott, uh, who heads up media relations for Grand Valley State University. Yeah, I was right. It was five years ago, Northwestern did make the NCAA tournament for the first time, and that was with that Northwestern fan, the little kid and all the shots and memes you saw on TV. And uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld, her son was on that team. There you go. Oh, wow. That's okay. what Tim well, Nutt. Listen, I, 
I can relax now. The pressure's off. No, that's what I mean. So we don't need to do the Northwestern uh, Huge Show podcast tonight with Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. All right, so now uh, Super Bowl's behind us. Next up will be the Combine, then free agency, uh, then the NFL draft. Uh, what, what do you think will be the story between the Combine, free agency, and the draft? When we're done, end of April, before we get the schedule announcement on what days and times, uh, and we know who they'll play, but who the Lions will play, what do you think will be the big off-season headline for the Lions? Well, starting with the, starting with the scheduling, it's, it'll, it'll be two things. Number one, how many primetime games the Detroit Lions will get? Will get in last year. They only the way the schedule was originally put out. They only had one, and that was Thanksgiving Day. But then they added at the end. They flexed the last game of the season, you know, against the, against the Green Bay Packers, and made that a Sunday night game. I think I wouldn't be surprised if this year, based on what the Lions showed late in the season, you know, winning eight of their last ten games, it wouldn't surprise me if they had two or three prime time games. You know, like you know, like you know, Monday night, Sunday night, whatever. Uh, even even some Thursday games. I also think one of the issues you're going to look at during the, the scheduling is will the Lions get a game in Europe? You keep hearing you know the buzz that they're going to they're going to get a game in, in in Germany. I mean we'll find out you know, but but it seems to be heading that way. Uh, the, the draft, the free agency, free agency. I, I think a lot of the focus will be to upgrade uh, upgrade defensively. But you know, I, I think I talked to you about this last week, or maybe it was somebody else, but. I was sort of in that, you know, somebody asked me what they should get in a draft, and I said, well, defense, 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 defense. And I kind of backed off of that a little bit. You know, if you're going to have a good team, build a good team. And a good team is, you just don't you just don't build one side of your team, you build the entire team. And so I think they could do a couple of things offensively, you know, maybe maybe add a, you know, add a, a proven guard, you know, a, a right guard. And it's like, like I said, it's already a good unit, but you can always get a little bit better and, and add a little bit of depth there. And maybe just another another wide receiver receiver or a running back but there's a lot of things they can do in that regard uh, the draft yeah, it'll be fun man luck. yeah get the best players you can get the whoever the best players on the board you'd really like to get a you know a, a prime defensive tackle there i think if, if it was me that's that's what i'd be looking for uh but down the line i'd be looking for maybe a young quarterback or obviously a young quarterback in the draft i look looking for a quarterback you know maybe third round something like that but i certainly wouldn't use a first round pick on a, on a quarterback, I keep hearing that. And it kind of drives me nuts because I've said this before a million times. When, when the Lions got Jared Goff and the you know, part of the Stafford trade, I heard people say, well, the best thing that can happen is that he fails so we can go out and get our, our, our own quarterback. Oh, no. The best thing that can happen is that he succeeds, and you don't have to do that. And I think so far, from what we've seen in two years with Jared Goff, he has succeeded. I think he's a top five, top eight, you know, that range of, of quarterback in the National Football League. And I think they really, you know, of all the things that happened in that draft, the picks they got and all that, I think that's probably the most important uh, important, devel- important development of that, of that trade with Stafford is they got, they got a starting quarterback who's more than just a, a placeholder. And they're going to get, uh, with that Rams pick now, uh, all the way up uh, to, what, six? Yeah, I mean, whoever thought that pick would be uh, that high. So you're really, uh, everything that they've done outside of the boil and the backup QB situation, that's why I agree with you with a a second, third, probably third, fourth rounder as a QB of the, uh, as a third guy, but you're a play away from not having golf. I really think in free agency it would be nice if they could sign a veteran uh, backup, like like a Baker Mayfield type who would come in and be willing to be the backup who has NFL starting experience. Because I, right. I think the Lions are in the go zone now. 
Yeah, well, Baker wouldn't be my first choice, but I agree with you, uh, basically. Well, someone along that line, I'm just saying where it's not a retread, where it's a guy that you could plug in like a Chad Henney who just retired with the Chiefs, right? Somebody like that, 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 yeah, it's not going to be golf, but you're still not going to become a four-win team if you lose golf. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I want somebody who's taken snaps in the National Football League, who's played there games, you go. and who has won games. Mike O'Hara, Bill Simonson's award-winning Northwestern Wildcat basketball <laughs> podcast will splash tonight at 7 p.m. Check uh, local podcast listings for uh, the time near you. Mike, always good to hear your voice. Football season continues with the off season. We'll talk soon. All right, huge. Thanks for having me.